0: official podcast of iHorror.com. This is episode 43, otherwise known as season three, episode seven. And I am your host, James J. Edwards. And with me yet again is your other host, Jacob Davidson. How you doing, Jacob? Uh, doing good. Just existing. <laughs> Quarantining. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also with us is your other other host, John Correa. How you doing, John? excellent just avoiding existential
1: crises left and right in this one bedroom apartment by playing copious amounts of far cry 5 which i have to say far cry 5 is basically like a first person shooter that takes place in every single doc uh netflix docuseries just mashed into one <laughs> like there's tiger kings running around you're fighting a giant doomsday colt it's a uh,
0: it's a fun, and you can go fly fishing. Did you go to Waco? Uh,
1: no, no. This is more like in the Montana. Like, what, <laughs> okay, the, the, I don't know if they explicitly say what state, but it seems more like the northern mountains. So it seems like more of like a wild, wild country setting. You know. Hey,
0: speaking of wild, wild country setting, how come you never told me about Sacsquatch? Sax, squatch is incredible. The sax playing sasquatch. I stumbled across sax squatch, and I am addicted to his. He. It's basically a sax sasquatch who plays the saxophone, and he'll be ripping like Baker Street or Careless Whisper. Yeah. I'm waiting for the uh, for the Lost Boys song. I still believe if he if he busts that, <laughs> I think, that, I'm, I think I'm, he I'm, did do that. <laughs> maybe I haven't gone that far down the rabbit hole with him. But seriously, listeners, it's been, like, three or four
1: days of James just sending us squatch <laughs> clips.
0: Like... What else am I going to do in quarantine? What's been going on with you guys? You guys been watching a lot of good stuff? Or, I mean, you've been playing video games. I've been watching squatch. Jacob, what have you been watching? You've probably been watching movies.
2: Uh, yeah. Although, <laughs> something I was going to bring up uh, was I I just uh, saw the season two premiere of uh, What We Do in the Shadows this week. Yes. So I was very happy about that. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Like probably my favorite uh horror themed TV show, if not my favorite TV show in general right now. Oh man, the, the show is just so clever and and funny and out there I, and I mean the and well the cast is just so amazing. Uh so yeah, the, like the premiere had two episodes.
1: I think the second one the one about ghosts. Is probably my fav- one of my favorite episodes of the series so far. I'm with you. It-, it was just so brilliant. There's like one point where they're like, wait, ghosts exist? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, okay, but ghosts are the spirit of dead people. Yeah. And we're dead people. So does that mean we have ghosts? And they're asking these questions. And they're like, well, we don't know about Colin Robinson. <laughs> and Colin Robinson's an energy vampire. And they're just like...
0: I love that guy.
1: We don't know his deal. And like they kind of start continuing on. And then he just kind of cuts them off. He goes, yeah... I don't know, really know my deal either. So, you know, I just keep trucking.
2: <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> And the running gag of that or like the subplot of that episode is Colin trying to get somebody to do
1: updog. dog. Oh, <laughs> I, I have to tell you, that has been an absolute annoyance to about five or six people who know me all week is me since trying to get people to do the up dog and then <laughs> other dumb like
0: jokes after they did that on the office one of my co-workers at the time would always be trying to get people to do up dog it's... oh boy so it's it that, that's been going on for years
1: <laughs> my favorite is going hey can you give me that thing under there and then they go underwear and i just go
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to do on a on a set you know because you just you're everyone's always asking for something so just going like hey can you give me that under there Underwear and there's always something under there. <laughs> John, are
2: you an energy vampire? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> another thing I've been doing every week, um, like uh, you know, I worked at the American Cinematheque, and one of our s- film series was uh, Cinematic Void. You know, it's like a screening series of like genre movies and horror and stuff. So uh, Jim Branscombe, the guy that runs that. Uh, started doing a weekly stream on Friday nights of, like, movies with, like, weird commercials and stuff. And uh, this week he played this really bonkers Sasquatch movie called Night of the Demon, which is basically a Bigfoot movie combined with a slasher movie because it's, like, Bigfoot going around fucking
1: people up. Is that the one that you're really into that is, like, bigfoot slasher and alien or is that a different one uh that might be oh, oh you're you're thinking a demon warp
2: yeah no i you're thinking a demon Warp. gotcha okay yeah this one uh was like apparently yeah this one's from like 1980 and it's about these uh students or whatever like tra- tracking down these disappearances in the woods and it. And apparently, the story behind it was it was like kind of a more basic '70s-ish uh, Bigfoot movie, like uh, Boggy Creek or something. But then, you know, it was around 1980. Slashers were really big, so the producers added a bunch of scenes of the of Bigfoot going around killing people in incredibly gory ways. Like he even pulls uh, a sleeping bag kill uh, several years before Jason. Like like Bigfoot froze a dude in a, in a in a sleeping bag into a tree, and he gets impaled on a branch. Okay, first of all, that's how you can sell me on anything.
0: Well, I feel like was that done in Prophecy too? Oh as, wait, as yeah, well? you're
2: right. You're right. Sleep. There was a sleeping bag kill. Yeah, remember the the bear thing? Like that that one person's trying to hop away in the sleeping bag, and the
0: bear just swings and just fucking destroys them. The zippers stuck. I feel like that was the TV commercial for Prophecy at the time. It was just that one scene, and the kid uh, with with the stuck zipper hopping away. <laughs>
2: And the bear just like
1: swings down and obliterates them. (laughs) Wait, wait. I'm sorry. There is more than one movie with Sleeping Bag kills that I haven't seen. I suppose Prophecy
0: and Night of the Demon. All right. Have you seen Prophecy, Korea? No. Oh my god. It's Prophecy. Prophecies and and it it has kind of an environmental message, which you know. I mean, those never go out of style. But it's a yeah. It's a pretty brutal monster movie. It's it's Frankenheimer.
2: Yeah, it's uh Oh it's nice. one of, it was one of those post
1: Jaws animal attack movies, you know, like Orca. Oh, dude, I, oh I'm so excited for that for Orca to come to the US on blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I like purposely like held off on that on the umbrella release for a while. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to pay the importing costs for you know, Orca, but yep. Scream Factory has
0: delivered or
2: or will deliver.
0: Orca. Orca is more um is more Moby Dick than Jaws though.
2: Yeah. And funnily enough, I saw Prophecy, uh, Orca, and this other movie called Nightwing in a triple feature at the New
0: Beverly a couple months back. Perfect. I The first movie I remember seeing in a theater was an Orca-Grizzly double feature. Oh. And and I was probably six, so I mean, I had a really cool mom, but I remember I had my... um. I had my stuffed Shamu that I brought with me, and all the theater workers thought that was hilarious, that there's this (laughs) six-year-old kid bringing his orca to see Orca. course, that's adorable. (laughs) And that's what happened to me at such a young age to make me turn out like
1: this. Hey, mine was similar. My my earliest movie memory is going to see Jurassic Park at the uh, drive-in. And I'm just sitting in the back with my dinosaurs, and everyone's telling my parents, oh, this movie's too scary for him. And she's like, what are you talking about? He loves dinosaurs. Look at this kid. What is that dinosaur? And I probably said something stupid. I don't know. <laughs> I love dinosaurs, but I was never that smart with them. Like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the black-billed
0: platypusosaurus. Or we'll fucking know. Black-billed <laughs> platypusosaurus. Tell you, I was Close stupid. enough. Close enough you're just making shit up and people don't even know people who don't know dinosaurs are probably like oh this kid's brilliant
2: This kid's so smart
0: (laughs) this kid's so smart
2: look at him speaking of releases. I actually managed to uh, get something new on Uh, blu-ray Underwater finally yes on on home video
0: does it hold up is this like the fourth time you've seen it yes and Fifth (laughs) fourth and fifth you've already watched it twice. It just came out Tuesday. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I did (laughs) Uh, Because it's awesome, James. Oh, I love it. I need to come up with that. I would love to watch it. I've only seen it once.
2: Yeah. Oh, man. Like, that's the thing. This was, like, probably my favorite movie so far this year. I saw it three times in theaters because it was a, you know, it was a cinematic experience. You know, just... uh, It it was really cool going through all the special features because there's, like... like i think like an hour long documentary making of thing and some other bits and pieces of trivia that kind of uh, expand on it one interesting thing is you know that stuffed rabbit that tj miller's character has in the movie originally or, or like in su- in a different cut it was a li- it was a living rabbit like it was his pet rabbit
0: not a not a stuffed rabbit i guess that makes more sense on why he'd want to save it that changes everything
2: <laughs> it really does and yeah per- yeah it was for some kind of uh alice in wonderland motif you know uh, down, down the rabbit hole yeah <laughs> and uh yeah it was really cool uh going through like the special effects features and you know talking about all the creature effects because um, yeah it did go through a couple changes like with the monsters and um yeah and you know it's, it, like that's the thing you know i could just go on and on it's there there is so much to explore yeah
1: well I've been getting busy trying to plow through my have not watched pile of Blu-rays because <laughs> it's an entire shelf now. So uh, I've been been working on like working out and watching like my you know kind of cheesier titles while working out. You know, like uh, sometimes they come back in the dark half where those titles where it's like all right, I can work out while watching this. I've, I've seen this been before. Nothing cheesy
0: about the dark half. The dark half's awesome.
1: I I I don't know. I think it was because that was my first Stephen King book. Like, I'm just too critical of that movie. I will say it is one of the most fateful adaptations of a King book out there, but I'm still very critical of that movie. But I I appreciate it. When I was a kid, I hated that movie, but I I appreciate it a lot more now. But still, I can get my steps in while watching that. Uh, There you go. But uh, there were two movies that I finally watched. Uh, first of all, finally watched Daniel isn't real. Yes, oh that's okay, a, love that one, which I really dug. Um, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger trying to go uh, Nick Cage on uh, on everyone throughout that. Like he was really like bringing in what was it Snake Eyes? Like he was <laughs> really emulating that type of performance. But it was it was interesting. I I don't think I loved it as much as you guys, but I still really liked it. It's uh, definitely worth checking out. It's on Shudder right now. But one that really blew me away, uh, also on Shudder,
0: is Incident in a Ghostland. Ah, Have you guys seen this or heard of it? James, you saw it? Oh, yeah. Incident in a Ghostland, it's, first of all, I mean, we don't want to spoil anything, but it is not the movie you think it is. And it takes a left turn. And you're like, whoa, did not see that. Oh, it's, yeah, it's so good.
1: Well, first of all, it's from the director of the original Martyrs. And so you'll... You already know this guy is not afraid to be brutal. And this movie, this movie does not reach martyrs level. I've, I've already been hyped. I ordered a uh, import of, of martyrs on Blu-ray so that my fiance and I can watch. It. And I've just been like leaving no details except, hey, you know how Incident in a Ghostland was brutal, babe? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, wait till martyrs. <laughs> um, oh. But Incident isn't as brutal. But it's still it's still a very angry movie. Very, very angry. Um but yeah, the less you know about it, the the better. Because I knew nothing going into it. She was just like, "Oh, it's a home invasion movie." I'm like, "Okay, Wah. yeah, not really." <laughs> that movie fucked with my head quite a bit. Um, and that's it's it's only really available on Shudder. Like, I think there might be a DVD out here. It's a it's a hard one to track down. Even um uh like the f- official release in the UK, you know, I had to go directly to the Arrow website to to get it. Huh. So you know, import costs. Oh yeah, that's what happens when you're reaching free, folks. Just import costs. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, highly recommended. That movie truly, like, the less said about it, the better. But it is, it is not only really well done, but it really fucked with me a lot during it. So uh, that that is a uh, highly recommend on mine. I feel like horror.
0: Speaking of of uh, really fucks with you, um, I finally got around i've been hearing about it for a couple years i finally got around to tag not not the the comedy from a couple years ago but the the japanese movie yes yeah have you guys have you you guys seen that i haven't seen it but i I know it not the one with
1: hannibal Burrs and all
0: that no 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 i i audibly asked you know what the fuck is wrong with this movie like probably a half dozen times while i was watching it even if you don't want to watch the whole and it's, it's relatively short it's like it's 90 minutes even if you don't watch the whole thing the first probably 10 minutes is a must see the bus it yes have you seen it have you seen the first 10 minutes at least
2: yeah i've seen i've seen only i've only seen that scene online and it's like a clip explain the premise though so.
0: well well the, the, explain the premise kind of spoils it but there's this girl this japanese schoolgirl who basically is having a really weird fucked up day and shit keeps happening to her and then it kind of resets and and everyone else is like you know you're you're not sure if it's a time loop or an alternate dimension or what's going on but it's uh like it, it gets real bloody and all of her friends die and then all of a sudden they're alive again you know and and she's trying to figure it out while you're trying to figure it out and it's it's a it's a really messed up movie and it's on um I feel like it's on like Tubi or something like that, but it's also on Amazon Prime. It's also uh, probably. It, I, I don't know if it's on Shutter or not, but it's 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 easy to find. It's pretty easy to find. I started watching it on one of those like like Tubi or Vidmark or one of those ones, and then the the uh, the ads came on, and I said, "I'm like, wait a minute, this is on Prime. Why am I watching ads?" <laughs> <laughs> and I got it I, I brought it up on Prime and fast forwarded to where I was and I didn't get the deal I was like hey I pay for Prime so I don't have to watch ads
1: <laughs> um, alright James I I gave in and I watched Cats
0: yes oh boy <laughs> Uh, see, the listeners can't see that he's rubbing his forehead. <laughs> uh, boy. Listen, listen, I've been
1: I've I've been a good boy this year and I've cut back on my drinking and I've promised myself that I was not going to get uh, boy, blackout drunk this year. And I cats almost did that to me. And it wasn't a, a self-control thing. That movie just what the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I thought people were being over dramatic with the reviews for that movie. And I was like, I was one of the people being like, hey, calm down. We get it. You have a dictionary, or you have an encyclopedia. Cool. You can. No, they were all kind of right. Um, <laughs> gee, like, I, I, I starting to think that Tom Hooper peaked so hard so early with King's speech that, like, he, he kind of. Is past the narcissistic director and is just now a sadomasochist. And (laughs) Katz is just like his, his, like, masterpiece of torture. Like,
0: (laughs) it's his (laughs) sallow, his 120 days of Sodom. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I had to
1: listen because of that movie, I had to cleanse myself after by, uh, You know, back-to-back Roadhouse and Streets of Fire vehicles because I lost all faith in humanity and was very hammered. So those are my go-to, I'm drunk, I need to watch something. Roadhouse,
0: Streets of Fire. Roadhouse.
1: God damn, that was like nightmare-inducing some of those scenes. Like, okay, don't get me wrong. Never requested it. But if someone goes hey there's a in this movie you get to see Idris Elda naked I'd watch it I'd be like oh yeah I don't I don't know what the movie is but I heard naked Idris Elda is naked in it that movie makes me regret that thought so hard he's not anatomically correct naked he's a cat no he's cat and then <laughs> T Swift is is trying to sing in a sexy British voice no I'm done I'm done that's this is about <laughs> horror I don't know
0: why i am brought up cats but because it's horrific man. it is those little cockroaches and then like I'm telling you though mark my words in in 4 or 5 years cats is going to be a midnight movie it's going to be it's going to be just as big as the room or rocky horror people are going to be paying good money to i don't know if they're going to get to the point where they're wearing costumes
2: Oh, well, I, went, I I passed by w- one of those Alamo Rowdy screenings, and people were in costume.
0: Yes! It's all coming true sooner than I thought. I hope that starts happening somewhere around me.
2: Oh. Yeah, well, I mean, they were doing them, like, <laughs> e- almost every day at the Los Angeles Alamo location. So, yes. yeah, no, it's it, it definitely had, had momentum.
1: <laughs> and I still bet not one of those fuckers can tell me what Jellicle means. Oh, you're like, not supposed to know Only cats know
0: And they're not talking Fuck off with that explanation <laughs> 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 Fuck right off What else have we seen? Judy Dench was delightful though Skimble Shanks the tap dancing cat Stole the movie though he was incredible the railway cat the tapped dancer okay anyway we're 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 getting off jacob what else you see
2: <laughs> yeah well uh also a bit more of a somber note uh unfortunately we lost uh nobuhiko obayashi the uh japanese director of the uh 70s haunted house art house horror comedy uh house a.k.a. houseu houseu yeah Hausu. yeah <laughs> Sad, yeah, sadly, he passed away last week, so of course, uh, rewatched House and just goddamn that movie holds up. Is one of the most insane Haunted House movies I've ever seen.
0: So weird. I mean, how? That's what makes it great. But, but okay, okay, Korea, I know you like House, House Sue. How? Wha, 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 <laughs> why? <laughs> I know you love. Okay. I'm obsessed. obsessed. Okay, so why do you love that and hate cats? They're kind of oh. cut from the same cloth. No, they're not.
1: Yeah, they House are. Doesn't, House doesn't force Rebel <laughs> Wilson's cat crotch in my face for 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> and House features way better cat dancing scenes. Yes. All right. Ghost cats. It, There's only two, but they're way better than all the dance scenes in Cat.
0: I'll give you that. House is not uh, nearly as horny of a movie as Cat. No. <laughs>
2: Very true. And there's nudity <laughs> for- in House
0: yeah there's actual
1: nudity (laughs) and school and japanese schoolgirls. like um for me it's just uh house it's a crazy movie there is so many like he basically took every trick in the book and a few that aren't in the book that you can do with special effects in camera and he does them and there's It's just this really weird world that kind of takes, it might take a viewing or two to get into or really, and you don't always have to understand it when you watch it, but it's just, he does such a good job of uh, establishing this over the top and this wacky world that it just get, you get so sucked into it. And so when stuff, I, you know, people always say when stuff hits the fan with it, that film, Fucking was hitting it from the get go with just introducing people. It's just like, ah, you know, constantly yelling at you. But like, you never feel preached at with any of what was going on. Not to mention, it's just a fun and silly
0: movie that knows when to like hit you with different notes when you aren't expecting it okay real quick what's your favorite gag from house i'm gonna go first the piano that eats the girl is oh uh, you beat me to it 100 my favorite okay well that that's why i said it first because i thought one of you guys might
1: have that one float floating ghost head bites girl on butt <laughs> oh
0: that's a yes. good one too
1: <laughs> i also
2: like uh what's it the dude who gets hurt who gets killed by being turned into bananas
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite things about house is like all of a sudden in the middle there's like this musical number just like out of nowhere that's like oh hey let's have let's have a music video basically <laughs> oh um, yeah. He's just throwing stuff at the wall and it's all sticking. That's the best. I mean, it it doesn't. Yeah. The movie's so weird that anything he does doesn't seem
1: weird. I think on the Criterion release, they say that it's like a Scooby-Doo episode directed by Dario Argento. (laughs) And that's how I always described it to people. But then I would always add on acid. Like if Dario Argento was on acid and directed Scooby-Doo and- even that is probably like 50% of how crazy and creative that movie
0: is. But the acid is the important part because that whole yeah. movie, I would hate to watch that movie actually on acid because you that would be the worst trip. Not going to
1: implicate myself in anything. <laughs> You've done it, haven't but you? I, I I can imagine it being a really fun time. And I can also imagine staring at the artwork of the cat in orange and black is uh is very interesting and would possibly meow at you at times not that i would know personally what that is if if, if anyone has ever experienced that but I, I could imagine that
0: happening wink wink all right let's take it to a movie that's just as weird but not quite as wacky um i saw and it's it's on amazon prime for free now Antrim. have you guys heard about Antrim? uh no uh, Okay. Oh yeah. yeah, a little bit. The the subtitle is the deadliest movie ever made, and supposedly what it is is it's a cursed movie. Supposedly this movie is um, everyone who watches it dies, and what it is there it's about an hour and a half, and there's like bookends, so the movie itself is probably an hour and ten minutes, but there's um, there's like a lead up to it where they talk about people who film festival programmers. It's supposedly a movie from 1979, and it got sent to these film festivals, and all the programmers who watched it would end up dying like they would have like seizures or one um fell on a poisonous uh stonefish and you know I mean like messed up stuff but then there's also like um a theater that was showing it burned down with uh with an audience inside and another theater that was showing it someone uh laced the popcorn with acid, and the whole audience went crazy and and a pregnant woman got trampled like basically you know cursed movie stuff and then it says. It, it, it puts up a disclaimer and says, "Okay, we're going to show you this movie. Everyone who has watched this movie has died. So if you don't, you know, if you want to back out, back out now. And then they put a thirty-second timer on it and gives you a chance to turn it off." Wow, that is so dramatic. Oh, oh, it's milk and the gimmick. And <laughs> the the movie itself is, I mean, it's okay. It's basically about a girl and her little brother who go into the woods, and um, they want to find. They're going to dig a hole to hell is what it is. And there's more to it than that. And it's a pretty creepy movie. Like, there's a lot of... Like, the forest they go into is like a suicide forest. And there's always stuff kind of on the outside of the frame that's just really creepy that they don't notice. Like, some of it's obvious. Like, at one point, the camera um, the camera kind of, like, pulls out. And in the foreground, there's, like, an old... Corpse that they don't notice, and you're like, oh, that's weird. But there's other ones where, like, they'll be walking and you'll just barely notice some feet hanging from a tree around them. You're like, oh, this is really, you know, really creepy. And then there's subliminal stuff all through the movie that they kind of explain at the end you know, the, the the end bookend where they talk about, you know, Antrim. You know, they talk about the sigils and sub, the subliminal stuff that they put all through the movie. But there's one point that really creeped me out. And this, you know, isn't really a spoiler, but, you know, it's it it took me by surprise. But at one point, about halfway through the movie, they go, they, they show a couple of flashes of something that's going to happen later on in the movie. And then they show this devil. And he's just staring at you. And I thought it was a, picture like a still frame but then after about 20 seconds you see his eyes are moving and then his then he starts smiling and then it goes back to the movie and I'm like holy shit was that like did that really happen or is this devil in my tv possessing me oh my god it was it was really creepy And then they had, of course, experts in quotes on at the end of the movie to explain all the things that you just saw in Antrim and, you know, these are the summoning of these demons and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, if I die before this uh, podcast gets posted, I watched Antrim (laughs) and that's why. (laughs) Good to know. Antrim is, is a good segue to our topic because our topic is cursed films and... Cursed Films happens to be the name of a new series on Shudder that we've all watched. Yep. There are five yep. episodes, and we've all watched them. And with mixed opinions on on them, all of them are worth watching. I think for my... They're about in order. The Exorcist, The Omen, Poltergeist, The Crow, and Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah. And um, I think, first of all, I loved the Omen one because it was hilarious. They had these um, black magicians and witches and, you know, supposed Satanists on to try to justify some of the stuff that's going on. And I thought it was hilarious. It was, it it had me, I mean, and Korea didn't find it nearly as funny. I think he was more offended
1: by it. Well, okay. So here's the thing. I I view the Cursed Film series, like you said, it's a five-part series. Each episode is titled after a movie and the f- the last three episodes I thought were really well done. They actually had like a thesis and like stuck to the topic really well. The first two, The Exorcist and The Omen, they kind of lost focus for a good portion. Like I think The Omen episode, they only talked about The Omen movie because there were other Omen movies that they could talk about too that had weird shit going on on the set uh, and they could br- talk about... You know, weird stuff like, oh, if you're dealing with a movie about Satan, the reason why it might be cursed is because a black witch is, uh, you know, cursing your thing and whatever. Okay, cool. I I can accept that. But they only actually talked about, like, the weird stuff happening with the omen for, like, five minutes. And then the rest of the movie, or the rest of the episode is just, yeah, this one guy, he's like, oh, yeah, this is how you could curse it. So, what we're going to do is we're going to go out in the desert and we're going to curse a film right now. And it's like, okay, first <laughs> of all... You're a dick. <laughs> I'm sorry. If- <laughs> I know people who actually practice and all that stuff, and I think that's cool. You, you, you believe in what you believe in. On 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 the skeptic spectrum, I'm I'm a, a bit of a skeptic. So let's say, as a skeptic, it's like, okay, first of all, you look ridiculous
0: uh, doing this. But I think they edited it to make him ridiculous because at one point he tries to blow out his candle all dramatically, and it doesn't go
1: out. Yeah, yeah. but al- but also, if if you're not a skeptic, a skeptic and you actually believe it, this dude's just gonna curse a fucking film production? Just some random one. Just a random yeah. one for show? That's fucked up. Yeah. Like, either way, this that's a stupid fucking thing, and, you, and you're and you gonna dedicate most of your episode to this jackhole? Uh, and that's my problem with the first two episodes, is they dedicate too much time to the jackholes. Uh, more offensive with it is the Exorcist episode, because with the Exorcist episode, they bring it up, but they don't fully explore it how... The Exorcist was a huge PR push of saying that this film is cursed. And I really wish that they really got into the tactics and what they and techniques of what they did with it. Instead, they interview a, quote,
0: actual exorcist, yeah. which yeah. I don't care if you believe <laughs> they it or show not. show you parts of The Exorcist, too. He, go, he actually goes and performs an exorcist on a guy. No, no. Real life exorcists are fucking parasites and they prey on
1: people just to make money and it's disgusting.
0: All I got out of the exorcist one, because I pretty much knew about all, I mean, a bunch of weird shit happened around the exorcist, like with people being beheaded and car accidents, you know, crap like that. And the serial killer who was on set. Yeah, they bring that up as well. But um, the thing they didn't go into, like you said, they used all that stuff as marketing and they didn't really go into that. But... um, All I got out of The Exorcist was kind of what a dick William Friedkin was to his cast. I mean, is there anybody in that movie who didn't get hurt? No, they did talk about, you know, like he fired a gun on set. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All I took out of that was what a dick he was. I mean, he must have been really... Not, not so much difficult to work with, but, like, I mean, you hear stories about that from Stanley Kubrick, but you don't really hear him so much about Billy Freakin, but there he is. Kind of interesting how the series starts with The Exorcist and ends with Twilight Zone
1: movies. So, like, the ah. series kind of bookends in basically saying, like, a lot of the, the a lot of issues that happened on these sets were from, you know, narcissistic and jerkish directors, you know. yeah. But, hey, they did a really good job in The Twilight Zone explaining that it was very much so, like, the director's, were auteurs at that time and they were giving like everything and like could get away with so much on set, you know, in the seventies. And I thought that was really good context to have with like setting up a lot of the stuff that
0: goes down. I wasn't ready for them to actually show the shit in the, twi- yeah. I mean, they, I, I'd seen that footage before, but yeah, it's weird. Never. I don't know. They, they seem to have, I mean, they had every angle. And of course, yeah. you know, there's explosions going off and there's water splashing everywhere. So you don't actually see the moment of impact in that. I mean, for those who don't know the Twilight Zone, the movie, Vic Morrow and a couple of kids, uh, child actors were killed because a helicopter basically cut him in half. Um, a helicopter that uh, was damaged by an explosion fell on them. And they show that. I mean, if, if you're sensitive to that, it's about 20 minutes in. They show the propellers hit the water. Yeah. Be yeah. aware. They show the moment of impact. And, yeah. you know, like I said, there's smoke from explosions and water from splashing. So, you know, it's not, but that almost makes it more creepy because it's not an effect. You realize that, you know, and then they talk about how they went in the water looking for them and they realized that, you know, they were cut in half and, you you know, and and this was at like three in the morning, and these were chi- that was the big stink is these child actors weren't supposed to be working past I think eight p.m.
2: They were hired illegally, actually, no permits.
0: Yeah. yeah, and they were um and and here they are at three in the morning trying to get this shot that um and and they they had interviews with. Uh, with the effects, I think it was the effects guy who um, he was walking the set and he saw all these charges where he didn't put them. He's all the production designer, yeah. He's like, "No, we. Is there anything else on this set I need to know about? Because this is not cool." So, I mean, it it really makes Landis look bad, like really well, bad. Well, it <laughs> makes Landis and the producers yeah. look bad, mm-hmm. and and that's
1: one of the things that I really, at least with how they like picked what movies and when to show them, you get movies like. You start off with The Exorcist, The Omen and Poltergeist where it's like, oh, wow, these movies had a lot of weird coincidences or weird mishappenings surrounding it that, you know, and you can make those connections to say it's cursed. And then you get to like The Crow where it's like there's, you know, the supposed curse of the Lee family and like stuff like that. But ultimately, what led to Brendan Lee's death was, uh, you know, production cutting corners. They they were saying that they hi, that they hired a local to do the gun and uh, props and
0: stuff like that. The crow, I think, is my favorite episode of that Same. because. I mean, everybody knows, oh, he was killed because, you know, a prop gun, you know, and everyone thinks that it's a piece of paper from the blank that came out no. at such close. But they explain, they have an actual firearms expert go through exactly what happened. And what it is, is they used the same gun for a close-up of loading basically a bullet and then um, they fire it. But um, basically the, the the front of the bullet got lodged in the... Um, in the gun and then they put the blank in that they were going to use and actually point at the dude but in the barrel was the projectile oh they explain it really really well what happened so if you don't know exactly what happened you will after that one and it is I mean it, it's all just a bunch of um, a bunch of precautions that weren't taken they should have a bunch of stuff that should have been checked that wasn't
1: but even like with that one it was uh, same with uh, Twilight Zone a little bit it's all these little things that led up to it like Okay, that was large. You sh- it sh- that shot should have been shot so that the gun wasn't actually pointed at him; it was actually pointed off, so that even if there was something, it would have hit the set it's- and not him instead. But, but then, the camera was the in the ang- way. Yeah, but the camera the ang- didn't. But it didn't look good. So then they changed the angle, and he was actually pointing at him. And then you know, there's all these little things. Whereas, like, so it was like a lot of like little little mishaps that led to it. Whereas Twilight Zone was just blatant, like, oh, we can't have child actors working this, like fine we'll hire them ourselves illegally and stuff like that oh wait until you see you ain't seen nothing yet with the explosions we're gonna have even bigger explosion. and it's just Mm -hmm. like and i i I already knew because they dropped the last four episodes two at a time and i knew when they as soon as they were like the next ones are the crow and twilight zone i'm like oh that's gonna be fucking rough dude i i work production and on set i'm i am i am a part of the production team i'm uh the production department and our number one job is not only making sure everyone has what they need it's Safety, And I thought that was really good that they brought in Lloyd Kaufman, who yes. I've worked with a bunch and I've interviewed him before. And it's weird how often he comes up in my life. But Lloyd is he's, he said it himself. He's a narcissistic asshole. Uh, and you love him or hate him or love him or hate
0: his work. I think he was wearing a dress as he, he was. was saying that, too. They, like they were interviewing <laughs>
2: him on the set of his new
1: movie where he was where he's in a dress and made up. Are you kidding me of course Lloyd's going to take an opportunity to advertise his new movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but I did love how they were, how it was that contrast where it's like here's Lloyd he's been making these like super low budget films but at the end of the day safety is number one. No film is worth a life. Um and it's it we are still and I like that that they said that like we're still accidents are going to happen and And they still do. I mean, we, there was a stunt woman who lost her arm on the set of a Resident Evil movie. Someone died on the set of Deadpool two. These accidents do happen, but it's when it comes at, you know, people being negligent, like the uh, camera assistant who died on the train tracks uh, because the directors shot there without a permit and illegally. That's, that's not good. And that really like, angers me so much because no film no television is worth anyone's life yeah like it's like i'm very passionate about movies and and all that of course we are i mean fuck dude we've been talking on this podcast for like three years now i mean obviously everyone knows we love them but like still it's it's not worth someone's life and that's where like i'm kind of really liking that we're kind of moving past saying a film is cursed because it really does take away you know Possibility. yeah exactly because at the end of the day but it also throat like they explained it in the poltergeist saying like oh the film was cursed because they used real skeletons and the special effects guy is like no dude people have been doing that for decades you putting these young lot like people who lost their lives on me is fucked up that skeleton
0: that vincent price danced with back then
1: (laughs) yeah real (laughs) yeah exactly so don't put those on him Instead, when it actually comes to actual stuff, like Twilight Zone, where Landis and his producers actually did a bunch of stuff against the rules, against safety, against better precautions. Yeah, dude, those guys should be wearing that on their shoulders. Like, it's fucking terrible. I mean, it's fucking harrowing just even watching that footage. I can't even imagine being there, being... The the parents were there of the kids. And, like, it's just... uh, I, I... hope to never, I, I, I have been on a set where, where someone died on a run. It was just like, they got in a car accident trying to get back to set or something, but like never like on, on set, you know, but it's still, it hurt. It hits hard when you lose
0: someone on set. It's crazy. My thing about cursed films and, um, and we'll talk about Poltergeist in a second, because I think that is the most the 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 example that people think of when they think of a cursed film but um my issue with the series is i feel they're all about a half an hour long little less and i feel like some of them struggled to fill that half hour because you know like you said you know you had the exorcist and the exorcist you had the black magician in the omen um in the twilight zone one you know like you said they had lloyd kaufman in there and then they talked to kane hodder um Who didn't work on Twilight Zone, but he talked about how he had a fire stunt go bad, you know, and I understand what they're doing. You know, it's all supplying context, but it doesn't, you know, these people, it, it seemed like filler to me. And even Lloyd Kaufman, until you actually explained to me that what Lloyd Kaufman was doing was saying, hey, safety's number one. And I'm like, yeah, I mean maybe that went over my head because you know i was enraptured with lloyd Kaufman in a dress but <laughs> well and well and that's and that's the thing because if you
1: look at a troa film having been on those sets and you see them they cut corners everywhere except for when it comes to safety not when like, somebody might get cut cut in half by a helicopter just even that little moment where they yell cut and then lloyd goes don't run don't fucking run on my set like that's awesome dude like It's it's I love seeing that uh, on sets so that that really I mean, don't get me wrong. And yeah, Kane Hodder, I get the context, but that was also a lot to take on because like I remember as soon as they Kane started talking about it, I had to pause because I'm like, no, we're already talking about the Twilight Zone, which already has me very worked up. Now we're going to talk about what happened to Kane Hodder. I'm gonna be super worked up, and then they cut to
0: Lloyd in a dress, which kind of alleviates a lot of that. The Kane Hodder story, um, it, he tells it better into Helen back his documentary. Um, oh, dude, that one, Fucking. that one will have you in tears. Yeah, dude, that was blowing my eyes out through half that
1: movie, especially when he was talking about what he went through after the incident and in, like recovery. Oh,
0: I still got to see that one. Oh, oh my god, that's, highly recommend to Helen back. That's great. Yeah. But um, as far as Poltergeist goes now, people always say just because, you know, and I, I say just because not to lessen it, um, but because Heather O'Rourke and Dominique Dunn both died after production. Pe- that's the one people say, oh, it was a curse. It's like, well, No, it just, I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's a coincidence. I mean, Dominic Dunn was murdered. Heather O'Rourke was, um, actually, yeah, well, that's the thing. It comes out. I didn't realize she was misdiagnosed, um, until the cursed film show where they, they talk about, you know, no, they've been treating her for the wrong thing. And that's probably what killed her. And, uh, was it Gary Sherman, um, talk about how he was a pallbearer at her, at her funeral? Yeah. The director. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was so, uh, so intensely sad. But the thing is, what what they did right with it, it they didn't they didn't lean into how, oh, this production was cursed. They they kind of debunked it by saying, oh yeah, well, those skeletons might have been real, but that's nothing new. And then I, I think it was a good tribute to both Heather O'Rourke and Dominic Dunn more than it was a, look what this movie did to them. You know, there were, there were no fingers pointed in the Poltergeist one. And that's what, cause there was little glimpses of it
1: throughout the series of the series debunking things. And I really wish they had done a, a better job of it especially in those early episodes instead of filling so much time with the jackholes, especially the fuck like i i know i'm very angry with uh the the people from the conjuring movies the real life guys but like real life exorcist really fucking pissed me
0: off the omen one was funny because um i feel like they were debunking it when they brought all the jackholes on but they weren't clear about debunking it they were just they were basically letting them talk and um they didn't put it into context so which i think they did in especially in the poltergeist one and the crow one you know that wasn't a curse that was just i mean i i'm just impressed with how well they explained what happened step by step that's what blew me away about the crow
1: and i just wish they did it like a like a like a better job of saying like all right we're going to talk about the omen for a little bit but this episode is all about coincidence about how when it comes to curses it's purely coincidence you can say that it's black magic you can say it's you know the devil influencing the thing but and i did like how with the omen thing and with the exorcist at some point at some points people were like well why wouldn't the devil want to be why would the devil like want to curse movies about him like wouldn't he want to curse like you know christian faith movies like wouldn't that make more
0: sense like movies that would turn people to god more as opposed to this but the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is convince people he doesn't exist he doesn't want that. But that's ridiculous because... You're like, showing his secrets by making movies about him.
1: And then they're like, oh, Satanists were mad because this movie is showing Satan. It's like, well, first of all, Anton LaVey was a creative consultant on a bunch of movies.
0: Well, Anton LaVey was a publicity whore, though. I mean, he... Oh, yeah, he he he, he never shied away from a camera. <laughs> so, I mean, if... Yeah. If, if the devil wanted to convince people he didn't exist he wouldn't have sent Anton LaVey to do his talking
2: <laughs> yeah it's weird with that type of stuff um but yeah no I, that's the thing though I do I do like the series because in a lot of ways it kind of pulls back the curtain on the idea of these movies being cursed when you know like the you know it's uh, Occam's Razor you know the simplest explanation is usually the true one you know it's like some just uh, bad coincidence uh like cutting corners on safety uh, just all sorts of things that you know just you know regardless of subject matter you know it's just it just the uh true cause is pretty mundane uh, and that's the other thing too you know like accidents and uh, tragedy have struck uh, all sorts of movie and tv sets regardless of genre or subject matter so it's just it, it just seems to be like uh, kind of twofold you know what. with with horror movies it's easier to kind of draw that uh connection like oh it's cursed and also like a lot of times it's a marketing ploy like like you were saying with like the exorcist uh that you know if somebody thinks uh something is dangerous you know like a movie that could be dangerous and they'll seek it out like antrim (laughs) yeah like like antrim
0: here i am risking my life watching antrim
1: just and one of the things that i really liked about the crow is they uh, talked with Michael Berryman, who was famous for uh, the original Hills Have Eyes movies and uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Devil's Rejects, Weird Science. He's in like so many movies, uh, but he was supposed to be in The Crow, but his he ended up getting cut because they couldn't do any more scenes uh, with Brandon Lee after the incident. And I am so glad they did because he is a man who... Um, has always played a scary role, you know, because of his physical features, but he is such, and I've met him at conventions, he's such a kind and soft-spoken and just so smart. Yeah, he's super articulate. He brought so much great context because, especially when you're talking about, like, the, kids, they were right after each other, uh, Poltergeist and The Crow, where, uh, you know, actors died before filming was complete, or they had to do more footage, there was two different approaches to coming back to set with poltergeist. No one wanted to come back. No one wanted to finish that movie. They felt like that film should not have been released. Whereas, uh, the creators, and uh, make makers of the crow understood. This is something that Brandon Lee really believed in. He really loved the project. His fiance and mother both said that he was very proud of his work in it and wants that film to be finished. And Michael Berryman just really, uh, he, he he put he said it so well in saying that the material came from a place of love and heart, and so did Brandon's performance, and that's how everyone came back. They were like, "No, we're gonna make, finish this movie, and we're gonna make a good movie for Brandon." And I really loved that, and also just any chance to listen to Michael Berryman. I that man again can't stress how kind he is, especially with how often he is put in in the role of like you know dangerous and evil folk uh, like I actually w- uh, saw him at
2: a uh, Senate family a few years ago when they were doing a memorial screening for uh, Wes Craven shortly after he passed away and yeah Michael Behrman was there and he and he gave an incredible kind of uh, eulogy of sorts uh, for for Wes or you know just kind of talking about working with Wes and in his, his career and working on the Hills Have Eyes and all that and yeah no, does he has such a fascinating perspective
0: uh on on all that uh well we've um we've we're running long but uh our actual topic of cursed films i think we pretty much covered it talking about cursed films but let's do a lightning round of movies that weren't in shutter's cursed films that uh that might have been cursed jacob's got one
2: well the first that comes to mind to me is james cameron's the abyss now, that movie seemed like it was cursed, because, like, Ed Harris nearly drowned, and, like, uh, there were physical fights between Cameron people, and, like, somebody spiked uh, the fruit punch, or, or like, juice <laughs> with PCP, and, uh, James and like, James Cameron's at a point where he said, like, he had an evil split personality or something named Jim. Like it was James Cameron was the good one. Jim was the bad, bad <laughs> one. Or, or you know, he's saying like that's kind of how he felt he was on set. So, yeah, no, man, that just I've read the stories and it just sounds like that that film set was a nightmare. Oh, I got one.
1: OK. The original Dr. Doolittle. Huh, Let yeah. me tell you, if you have a solid hour or so, look up what happened behind the scenes of the original Dr. Doolittle. It went from everything from. The main actor being a drunken racist to uh to the point where like the kid actor started bullying him. Um, there's like all these issues of like the animals just like shitting everywhere and like uh, stuff like that. But the single greatest thing I read about it is remember at the end of Dr. Doolittle how they have the giant snail and that's how they leave and like they're they were like floating off in this in the shell of this giant snail. Well apparently the island that they shot at they re, they had not too long beforehand got ravaged by this like disease or something that was brought on that killed a lot of children um, from snails So then here's this production building this giant fucking snail on on their island, and so all the islanders were, like, throwing rocks at the snail and, like, throwing rocks at the production and all this stuff. It just seemed like there was so much with it. And then also there's the interesting story about how it's a terrible fucking movie. It's so bad. (laughs) I hate that movie. And. But, like, Fox spent so much money because they were trying to, like, get themselves out of, out of in a, a shitty area and stuff. And they're like, no, 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 this is definitely the next Sound of Music. Also terrible. Fuck that movie. <laughs> but uh, uh, so they were, like, pushing hard. that, And, like, that's why it was nominated for so many Academy Awards, but won none of them. It's just because of all the schmoozing they did. But, yeah. I think that film was cursed.
0: Well, I think uh, people, when people think of cursed movies, they, they think of The Wizard of Oz almost first because, you know, you had people catching on fire and allergic to makeup. And, you know, and then you had that munchkin who hung himself in that one scene on camera. Not really. That one is was an, an, an ostrich. ostrich. <laughs> it was a flamingo or something. Um, but that's yeah. the one that people think. And then, of course, People die after it, you know. I guess similar to Poltergeist, but people are like, "Oh, see, it is cursed." It's like, no, it's just the people are getting old who were in yeah. Wizard of Oz. Everybody dies, but um, that's that's one that I, a lot of people think, "Oh, the production was cursed." It's like, no, they just didn't. You know, they were using cheap makeup. They didn't vet the, you know, the 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 fire stunts. You know, it's it's a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. It's just corners are cut, and if enough of that happens on the same production, people start thinking it's cursed. But also when it comes to the reason
1: why you hear it more with horror films is because that's good PR. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Who doesn't want to see the movie? When you hear it all the time, some lady fainted watching this movie. A man had a heart attack. Oh, you're going to need this puke bag. You know, it's 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 hype. You know, people want to be scared. So if someone goes, this film is cursed. And if you watch it, the devil is going to appear in your bed and poke you on the nose five times. <laughs> you know, people are going to be like, oh, fuck.
0: The movie they didn't want you to see. Who's they?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, depends on the movie i mean (laughs) like everyone loves uh, a bit of controversy uh how many films how many terrible films are like do people watch purely because it was a controversial movie i mean like there's been so many where it's like this film has been banned for 20 years and it's
0: like now available for the first time it's like fuck i gotta watch it and then you watch and you're like speaking of the, the passion of the christ which i don't think is all that great of a movie but um there were uh two people struck by lightning on the set and everyone is like, "Oh, that's God telling you not to make this." Well, no, that just means they were probably shooting near an electrical storm, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, no, the devil didn't want you to see Passion of the Christ, which was, let's be honest, it was torture porn. And, it pretty uh, much, mm-hmm. it pretty much was, well, you know. But yeah, but you know, a little anti-Semitic.
0: You know, that's well, you know, that's yeah, that's that's this, that's, that's, Mel, that's Gibson. Mel Gibson's thing. Yeah, you you got your Mel Gibson, but. All right, what okay. else we got before we wrap up. Well, I was just going to ask, would you guys recommend this series to others?
1: Like, do you think this is well worth? I mean, cuz like I've I know I've done a lot of pitching about a lot of like the beginning and stuff, but would you guys recommend someone watch like the whole series?
0: I absolutely would because like I like I said before, these are short little half hour, actually less. They're like 28 minutes each, and a lot of them are filler. But just, you know, I mean, yeah, I would, I would recommend to watch all of them because I think they've all got merit. If you're only going to watch one, watch The Crow.
1: Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you're, if The Crow, I, I, those final three, I would recommend if you're only going to watch one, any of them, the Twilight Zone one is very triggering. It's tough. Uh, yeah, It's very tough to, to get through. Uh, we had to pause a couple of times, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. There, I, yeah, I'd either even with its faults, like I, it's it's really good. It sparks a lot of debate. Uh, again, I just wish they didn't give so much time to the real life exorcist.
0: That really, ugh. and I hope <laughs> that guy didn't curse a set that you're going to be on.
1: Well, they're not <laughs> happening right now, so I think yeah. I'm pretty good. Maybe that's uh, the
0: curse. God, they shouldn't have had that guy do it. It cursed. Damn it, he cursed. That's every why set. I've been out of work for over a month now. Okay, <laughs> what about you, Jacob? Would you recommend the whole series? um
2: yeah no i mean like especially if you're interested in kind of that production history and like i said you know it was uh, just kind of interesting that um it kind of uh undid you know kind of this uh, the idea of the curse and it kind of focused on the more mundane and grounded reasons for the tragedies uh related to the movies so yeah i mean if you're if uh, that's something you want to check out or, or like the kind of
0: subject matter then yeah yeah i mean they're they're good behind the scenes specials it's just yeah. they're behind the scenes of movies that had troubled productions that people are saying are cursed so
1: and i did really like how at the very end of the twilight zone one because it's the last episode they do bring up the fact that you know we're seeing less films being called cursed because there's no word of mouth everything's out there with social media and everything and that it's no longer what did you hear what happened on this it's like no this is what happened on this set you know this is a direct thing we actually got word from, like, a PA or something that this happened there, you know?
0: They're starting to actually mourn the people who are being killed on set rather than exploit them. Like, I remember there, there was I was, I don't know if it was a stuntman or a driver who was killed on the set of The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, right. Um, you know, and I remember when that happened, you're like, you know, they weren't saying, See the movie that killed a stuntman? I mean, they, you know, they, I think they're yeah. better than that now. Yeah, Yeah, luckily there
1: hasn't... I haven't seen movies that have like used a death on their set like explicitly like that see the movie that killed x amount of you know they're not advertising milo and otis going see the movie that killed this you know this many kittens
0: but they kind of did that for Bran- with brandon lee and the crow i remember when it came out everyone's like and they made a big deal they're like oh, the scene where he actually dies is not in the movie they wanted to make that clear but it was a big you know this is the movie yeah. that he died making and i think it was kind of a draw for people you know i mean there was
1: a lot of that with the Dark Knight as well. Remember, oh, uh, yeah. there was a lot of word of mouth of people being like, "You got to see it." Like Heath Ledger's portrayal is so fucked up, it led him to suicide. Like that was a really fucked up and dark thing that people were like pushing and stuff. I, I mean, granted, they weren't doing that with the advertisement for the movie, but that I remember that being like a big push from moviegoers, yeah, and audience
0: members. All right, well, let's get out of here. This has been yeah. uh, this has been us talking about cursed films. <laughs> uh, now streaming on Shutter. Yeah, now stre- Yeah, check it out on Shutter. I mean, I would recommend you check it out. It's cool. Yeah. and uh, let us know. I we didn't really get full into the discussion, but uh, let us know what your favorite cursed movies are and what movies, if you think, are cursed. I mean, I know the Conqueror gave everybody cancer. Uh, you know, Fitzcarraldo made everybody fist fight. You know, on set. So let's uh let, let's hear it. Uh, our theme music is Restless Spirit. So go give them some love because, you know, that's a band that's always on the road and they are not now. Uh, our artwork is Chris Fisher. And uh, where can we find you guys on the Twitters, Jacob?
2: Uh, you can find me at Jacob Davison underscore. That is at J-A-C-O-B-D-A-V-I-S-O-N underscore. And Korea? And
1: you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Korean Barbecue. That's C-O-R-R-E-I-A and bbq and also on stardust which uh i've sporadically post on there but you know it's quick little bits so if you want to hear me you know
0: for like 30 seconds at a time there you go that's all stardust is uh yeah, for me uh you can find me on twitter at cinema that's like Verite, but with fear so it's f-e-a-r-i-t-e uh you can find all three of us on our twitter which is at ion horror yeah we got we on twitter now yeah uh You can also find all of us at the Ion Horror Facebook page or the iHorror Facebook page. Um, We're not hard to get at. So if you want to at us, you can at us at any of those places. And we do respond. Oh, yeah. We don't have a whole lot going on right now. (laughs) True. All right. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Stay safe. Stay quarantined. Please don't go and protest that you want things to open up before they are ready because that's... We're starting to flatten the curve now and you're going to spike it again. So stay safe stay clean wash your hands and we'll see you in a couple weeks so for me james j edwards i'm jacob davison and i'm jonathan korea keep your eye on horror